Greetings, friends. This is Bill Morgan. I'm grateful to Lynn Cosby for the invitation to get to share some thoughts with you about Henry Nouwen's classic book on spiritual life, Reaching Out, The Three Movements of the Spiritual Life, From Loneliness to Solitude, From Hostility to Hospitality, From Illusion to Prayer. I read this book almost four decades ago and had the occasion to read it again a month or two ago. It was a great experience of recognizing the book is the same, but I am not the same, and found great depth and and breadth uh, that I did not know at that time because I hadn't lived long enough. And so if you've read this before, great. Maybe it's time for you to read it again. In the introduction, Father Nowen Uh, says this, I wanted to write this book because of my growing conviction that my life belongs to others just as much as it belongs to myself. And what is experienced as most unique often proves to be most solidly embedded in the common condition of being human. One way to bring together what is in the following pages is to say that the spiritual life is reaching out to the innermost self, one, to our fellow human beings, two, and to our God, three. In the midst of a turbulent, often chaotic life, we are called to reach out with courageous honesty to our inmost self, to our fellow human beings, and with increasing prayer to God. To do that, however, we have to face and explore directly our inner restlessness, our mixed feelings about others, and our deep-seated suspicions about the absence of God. Do you uh, pick up the threes here? It's not said in the book. Maybe uh, Father Nowen thought we were smart enough to get it without being told it. But in many ways, this book is a commentary or a midrash on Jesus' great commandment for a life worth living for and a life worth dying for, eternal life in which we know uh, eternal life in the biblical understanding is not just for a quantity of life after we die, but it's for a quality, an energy, a purpose, a meaning, a joy for life before we die. And so Jesus answers that question two or three different ways in the Gospels and basically says, love God with all of your heart, mind, soul, strength, intelligence, uh, mind, and to love others as we love ourselves. And uh, that's not two, that's three things, by the way. God Others self. Now, in the book, Nawan doesn't begin with God, others, and self. He begins with self, a kind of mirror image of Jesus' teaching. Now, the love and the reality of God is primary and uh, before and during and after it all. 
But in the actual experiencing of our lives as persons, it starts with us. And then we begin to, to move out to somehow understand others and ultimately uh, connect with God who surrounds and, uh, and abounds with us all. The first movement, by the way, uh, let me say a word about the careful word that he chose, movement, from loneliness to solitude, from hostility to hospitality, from illusion to prayer to meaningful relationship to God. They're more on a continuum. Uh, he doesn't use the word, but I thought of a pendulum that swings back and forth. Um, the spiritual life for very few of us, if any of us, is figuring God out and ourselves out and then sort of being on cruise control for the next 10, 20, 40, 50 years. Uh, any of us who spend any time with John Wesley know that his life was a pendulum. His faith had its up times and its down times, and his heart was strangely warmed in 1738, but you can find places along the way all through his journal when he wonders if he ever had it at all. But of course, with faith and grace, he went on with his life. So this, this is a movement thing. It goes back and forth in us. So, okay, back to this self-dimension of our lives. We can get in the car and drive away from other people. We can put on the, the sound so we don't have to listen to other people. But we can't get away from ourselves. Sooner or later, we have to learn to put up with ourselves. I have to learn how to put up with me, and you have to learn how to put up with you. Now, and again, with his uh, pendulum, talks about moving from an inner restlessness to an inner peace, from a desert sort of life to a garden sort of life, from a fearful self-deception to courageous uh, self-awareness. Growing up, uh, as a little boy, my, my grandmother Morgan Mimi spent a lot of time teaching me how important it was to learn how to entertain myself, how to play in the backyard, make up my own games, read books, do puzzles, that I did not always have to have a friend over. I did not always have to be entertained or be parked in front of the television. And, and so in a, in a rudimentary way, early growing up, I, I learned... Uh, that uh, it's important for us to have some kind of peace, some kind of understanding of ourselves. And so uh, Father Nowen explores this, and he looks at ways that sometimes we resist that sort of creative individuality for which God made us. He talked about how sometimes we have messianic expectations for others. We expect our our family, our spouses, our children, to sort of fill in all of our empty spaces and uh, to help us not be lonely or not be perplexed by some of life's problems when the truth is we cannot expect others to live our lives for us. We share lives. And so it was interesting to think about how sometimes we use those unrealistic expectations of others when it's really about coming to have a, an inner peace about ourselves, this creative uh, solitude, uh, something that I have called a uh, generative solitude. Now, moving to the second movement of the spiritual life, Father Nowen talks about moving from 
mixed feelings and guard up and, and defensive with others to what he calls a creative emptiness, a receptiveness, a room for others, a capacity to care, empathy. When one is so busy and, and anxious about oneself, we, we tend to be so full that we don't have a place and uh, the, the patience to be quiet and, and listen to others. And so he, he talks about cultivating a kind of receptive emptiness, that which gives others room in our lives to be listened to and cared for, life shared. The word for hospitality, many of you know, comes from the Bible. It's philozenos. Biblical hospitality is different from uh, our customary southern hospitality where it's about place settings and, and menus and flower arrangements and creative ways to say, bless your heart and, and who are your people? Biblical hospitality, uh, that word again, philozenos, means love of the stranger, like brotherly love, sisterly love, Philadelphia love, love of the stranger. Thinking about that, uh, we certainly have challenges as people to love strangers, but it's even more personal than that. Uh, just think about it. Who among us is not a stranger, a strange one <laughs> on occasion? And I, I'm thinking if any of us don't realize that sometimes we are a strange one that presents some challenges for people to love us. We just maybe just need to ask someone to tell us how there are times and occasions we are strange ones. There's a lovely quotation from Henry Nouwen. I don't think it's in the book. I think I found it somewhere else, but here, here it is. Pay attention to the people God puts in your path if you want to discern what God is up to in your life. Very good. The third movement, the pendulum of the, the spiritual life is from what Father Nyman calls from allusion to prayer. In this, there is some stunning, I think, clarity and, and honesty. He talks about the paradox of presence and absence of God. Practicing the presence of God, which some of us have read about with Brother Lawrence. But in his uh, very keen exploration, and by the way, Henry Nouwen is so honest about his own questions and doubts and times of struggle that to me, that phrase from the, his other magnificent book, The Wounded Healer, that the only leader that can really help us is a person who is um, transparent and shares their ups and their downs. And somehow, in his honesty about his own struggles, there, there comes a kind of credibility that I think makes him a trustworthy mentor for us. So this whole matter of this struggle in our faith, that when there are times in our lives that God's most present, I guess, in his sense of absence, when things fall apart or don't work out, and this is not heresy, it's honesty. Think about Job in here during this Lenten time and then where even Jesus has that time. Why? And so in his honesty and his ability to 
communicate clearly these real, raw human experiences. Father Nywin helps us discern uh, how it is that we grow closer to the God we know in Jesus, both in our times when God seems so present and real, and also as we navigate those times where we're just not sure for a while. He talks about uh, using the Jesus prayer, the, the he, well, I can't say hesychasm, but some of you can, uh, that basic prayer, uh, Lord Jesus, have mercy upon me. Lord Jesus, have mercy upon me as a kind of life breath prayer. I thought about the contemplative practices that sometimes we practice. We talk about Lectio Divina, uh, that kind of reading of Scripture that is more really listening, not so much trying to do a study or get ready to do a presentation, but somehow let the biblical material really speak to our hearts and not just to our heads. I think about what we might call Lectio Nature, where in outside, try to uh, see the beauty of, of nature that uh, I've gotten lately where I just so interested in watching the birds in our neighborhood and figuring out which bird makes what kind of sound. And Diane Tiz mentioned, she said, well, that's right. One bird brain relates to another bird brain. Uh, I didn't think that was funny either. There is uh, Lectio art, where with pieces of art, uh, maybe great art or maybe those things that we create or our friends paint or sculpt, we find uh, some connection with the God we know in Jesus. Nature Art, scripture, music is a way. Lectio music. Music divina, I guess, better to say it. Some of you know how special a pet can be. Uh, that somehow our relation with our, our pets, that we take care of them, and their love and their care for us and their, their trust of us, that uh, there's a kind of um, growing closer to God as we, as we love our pets. Uh, I guess we could call it Pet Divina. Uh, those of you who have dogs may have, know what I'm talking about. And I, I can't speak for myself, but maybe some of you who even have cats know what I'm talking about. This kind of way that God meets us in the ordinary and we find the sacred in it. Well, I've certainly uh, like the guy that was trying to put his pet elephant in his uh, Volkswagen. I'm certainly leaving out more than I'm getting in. But I hope as you have a chance to read for the first time or maybe a second time, uh, Henry Nowen's Reaching Out, that you'll find that it will take you wider and deeper than ever before as you have that quest <laughs> to, to be at home in your own skin, uh, the person God made you and me to be, as we try to find in these difficult, polarized days in our, our land and our experience ways to overcome our hostility with hospitality, and to be able to navigate those things that create questions in us and struggle, and yet find that God is the one, the one we know uh, in Jesus that lives and moves and breathes with us in our, our lives, the one who is in it with us, um, not because all things are good, but the God we know in Jesus is in it with us to bring uh, some good of it all. So blessings to you and uh, the, the movements of your spiritual life. Uh, go with peace and, and be a channel of peace with others. Thanks, friends. Bye for now.